Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. Uh, welcome to the show today. My guest is Christine DeCamp. She is uh, a resident, has been a re- resident of the Tamales Bay area of Marin County uh, for 25 years, and she's an artist. She's inspired by nature and creatures. She grew up in the Allegheny Forest in northwest uh, Pennsylvania uh, and has always been a painter. She paints with acrylic and mixed media, gouache, or watercolor on paper, sometimes with gold leaf. Her images reflect myth and story, and she loves to create form of learning and spiritual growth. Uh, She's been in many different businesses, but her art and selling her artwork, and now her new divination cards, um, are the primary uh, focus of her life. So welcome, Christine. Thank you for having me, Robin. Yeah, it's so great to to do this. Um, I first ran across your work many years ago, probably 15 years ago, when I stayed in your B&B, when you had a B&B right. a long time long ago. long time ago. And I just was enchanted by your work. And uh, then I went to your studio and bought some magnets and some other things that you had there. So your imagery is so unique. I just wanted to talk a little bit about how you got there because um, if you could tell me a little bit about the quest you've had to develop your specific voice which is very strong Um, where did you grow up and where did you go to school and how did that happen okay Um, I grew up in a really small town in northwestern Pennsylvania in the middle of the Allegheny National Forest and I believe I was drawing as soon as I could hold something to draw with mm-hmm. and um, got into a lot of trouble for drawing on things I wasn't supposed to but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I was just kind of obsessed with uh, drawing as a child and so that was just it was, it's like I came in with that you know mm-hmm. and so I was always interested in art I was always interested in other forms of creativity as well and um, you know that was my that was my main focus mm-hmm. always as growing up mm-hmm. and um, because I grew up in this place where I was surrounded by forest and animals um, I was just, I always have been so connected to animals and, and the wild. And that. as a kid, I would talk to the trees and, and um, 
you know, we had bears coming down the alley at night and getting into the garbage cans behind our house, you mm. know, and all kinds of wild animals. It was a big area for people that were hunters. And mm. so, you know, I grew up in that uh, kind of, it was, uh, you know, kind of a, a special place to be in that and mm. just, you know, the woods were like three blocks from my house. Wow, so, how wonderful. Yeah, so yeah. We, we played out in the woods all the time. And mm-hmm. and I had a friend who lived on a farm and had ponies and and cows. And I used to love to go there. And so I was always, you know, that sort of thing was was always near and dear to my heart. And, mm-hmm. and just, I don't know, the way the world should be, as mm-hmm. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So you went to college and art school. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, I I also, I did a lot of sewing. I used to sew all my own clothes, and I had this idea at one point that I wanted to go into fashion design. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to uh, Moore College of Art my freshman year in Philadelphia and was totally unprepared to live in the middle of Center City, Philadelphia, Mm. and was really freaked out and did not fit in there at all. And that the, um, it was an all girls school at that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, the girls that were there were mostly girls from the city whose uh, parents had money. It was a private school Mm -hmm. and, um, they had gone to things like museum art classes so there was a real focus on um, technique and uh, I don't even know how to say it, but you know there was a real focus on on um, creating art in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I was self-taught pretty much all mm-hmm. my life because we didn't we didn't have that. We did have an art class in school, but we didn't have that much instruction until I got into high school. So um, it was very uh, different for me, and I didn't feel comfortable there at all, so I left. Mm-hmm. I spent a year there, and I I changed my major. I, I moved closer to home and uh, went to uh, uh, Grove City College, which was a, a church-run college, which was kind of weird for me, too. But um, <laughs> it was more, you know, and I changed my major to English literature. Oh. And uh, I wasn't really happy there either. And my parents said, oh, no, you can't transfer again. You'll never get a degree. And, you know, so they they agreed to set, to help me with a year of art school if I would stay there and get my degree. So mm-hmm. I did that. And then I went, after that, I went to Edinburgh oh. State College mm-hmm. up uh, near Erie and just took classes, just mm-hmm. took art classes and um did a lot of different things. I did um, fabric printing and batiking and um, sculpture and ceramics. And and um, I was there about a year and a half. And then um, I moved uh, to Philadelphia, back to Philly again, mm-hmm. and um, went back to school at Tyler School of Art. Mm-hmm. And uh, got another degree there. Got my uh, my second bachelor's degree, which is kind of crazy. But um, and I started out there in the um, weaving and fabric department. Didn't like that. <laughs> 
and I took uh, ceramics and sculpture, and I ended up getting my um, BFA in sculpture. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. It's always funny at what major, we major in, and then we end up. You know, in, in when I went things. to Moore as a freshman, it it I was. I got completely blocked from painting, and mm. I didn't paint again for years. Mm. wasn't until I got out of school mm-hmm. and was living in San Francisco that I started painting again. Mm. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was doing sculpture, too. Mm. So, mm-hmm. And I did pay, a lot of paper mache stuff, big furniture and, and crazy animal pieces. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did a whole circle there, you yeah. know. And you moved out here. When did you move out here? I moved to San Francisco in 81. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a long time ago. So you've been out here for yeah. quite a while. I lived in San Francisco for about 12 years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved out to um, Inverness. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I first moved in. I moved lived in Point Reyes when I first got there, but then I moved to Inverness. Mm-hmm. But I was in... Uh, Point Reyes area for about 25 years. Yeah. And now I'm in Petaluma. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing the interview here in Petaluma. So your artwork has really evolved, obviously, from sculpture and painting furniture and that kind of thing to now doing paintings. And you have a really strong um, sense of shamanism in your work. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit, the spiritual and the connection with, with shamanism in your artwork? Yeah, um, the, you know, I've always had a real strong thread of that kind of spirituality in my life without knowing where it came from, but um, I'm pretty certain that I had a, a, a past life in a Native American setting, mm-hmm. and I think that might be part of where that comes from. And I did a lot of, when I was painting, uh, when I when I first started painting and then when it came back to painting I did a lot of um stuff focused on feminism and and female figures and and then later um female figures with animals in nature and um back in oh it was about it was in the 80s I um found out about a woman named Tamara Diagalev, who was a um, healer and a, and a shaman person. Mm. And I studied with her for many years. Mm. And that kind of developed that for me f- more fully. Mm-hmm. And um, was really it really changed my life working now, with did her. Did she do journey work, or what did she do? How did she work with people? She gave classes, and um, I remember the first class that I took with her was all focused on the chakras, Mm -hmm. and it was like a 12-week class, and it was like doing these um, guided meditations and trance work and clearing chakras, and and I took that class over about three times. It was Mm. super powerful. Wow. It was really powerful, and... um, I didn't get ever get to go on vision quest with her, but she did do vision quests with people. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, when she she wasn't doing those kind of classes, her she was doing um, shorter classes 
and she was also doing one-on-one work. And I did one-on-one sessions with her quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was amazing. And she she now lives in Oregon, and she's, um, I think she's in her late 80s. She's not well, and mm-hmm. she doesn't um, do that kind I don't think she's able to do that kind of work anymore. But mm-hmm. um, she was a huge influence on me, and... Uh, a real supporter of my art and Mm -hmm. she owns one of my big paintings that Mm -hmm. I did many years ago Uh and uh, she really helped me through a lot of um, transitions in my life and and, um, you know trauma traumatic things that you go through you Mm -hmm. know yeah Mm -hmm. she she was uh, a real boon to me Mm -hmm. yeah that's great well, I think we all need, you know, teachers that kind of help us find out more who we are. And as we find mm-hmm. out more who we are, then our voice gets stronger and our ability to translate that into images or poetry or writing gets stronger. Because um, I don't, the things are not disconnected. I mean, what you have in one area, you know, when you get stronger in one area, it translates to your whole life. So right. I'm, I'm hearing that she helped you to really develop your voice and develop who you are. And and then did you find your painting develop? Uh, obviously when... Totally. And it, it's interesting because how I found out about her was through this woman chiropractor that I was going to in the city. And I was talking to her about my painting. And at that time, I was starting to get these downloads of images or beginnings of images And I was telling her, I said, you know, I've been having this happen and it's really wonderful where I just, you know, get these things appear in my head somehow. And, um, and I wanted, I want that to happen more, um, seamlessly. I want that to be happening. I want to be able to do that all the time. And she said, oh, you should find out about this class. I have a flyer for this class, you know. (laughs) And it was for Tamara's class, and she and it said that you could go to the first class for free. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, well, I got to check this out." So I went. I dragged my friend Mark with me. And said, "You got to come do this with me." <laughs> so we went to the class, and like within the first fifteen minutes of the class, I go to Mark. I go, "I'm signing up." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was the beginning of it, and it did. It really. Um, it really opened up that, you know, channel thing mm-hmm. where um, I was more able to to do that and and just you know it it changed that but it changed everything too mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you have such strong animalistic imagery and I want to talk about that when we come back we're going to take a little break I'm with Christine DeCamp. She's an artist who's been working in the Tamales Bay region of uh, Marin County for many years, tw- over 25 years. And her her art is a very powerful, almost shamanic tools that people can use. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about it when we come back. Uh, this is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. Uh, the music today is from Claudia Vieja, and it's Alta Forticia and Asa Verde.
Hi, this is your host for Evolve, Robin White Turtle Listening. And I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone. And I work uh, through East West Bookshop in Mountain View, California. So you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition, I have um, five books. Uh, four of them are nonfiction, and one is a fiction book uh, that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Deer. The other books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that, Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um, my rec- more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, Uh, teach people self-love and this is the foundation of my practice that love does heal all things you can find out more uh, about my work on my website www.thecenterforthesoul.com and uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com and now we'll go back to the show We're back. This is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. And today my guest is Christine DeCamp. She's an artist who's lived in the Tamales Bay region uh, for many, many years and now lives in Petaluma. And her images, she has so many different kinds of images, but a lot of them center around animal, kind of animal-human ideals, and also uh, a, a bit of fantasy in there. So can you talk about your images a little bit and how how they come to you or what's your process for making art, Christine? Um, well, at this point, I I tend to get these downloads that are not, it's not like a finished picture, but it's like a um, a hint or a, or a, and a little idea that can be built upon, uh, like my, this pa- painting that I just finished started out with the idea of a woman in an owl mask. And then I just go from there. And it, it's, it starts out with me thinking about, okay, uh, I paint in different ways. Sometimes I paint on paper with gouache. And those pieces are generally smaller, and then um, or acrylic on canvas. And so it's like, okay, I have this idea. Um, is it going to be a, on a big thing? Is it going to be in a small? You know, what's the format going to be? And then um, just with uh, charcoal on the canvas, or um, I use very light uh, watercolor. Um, to draw lines on paper mm-hmm. just to block in kind of where I think like the, if it's a figure or 
or two figures or whatever it is, just to get an idea of where it's going to be on on kind the of page spatially and yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. And then I just kind of start, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, I tend to to do the back, you know, put backgrounds in just to have a feel of where things and things change, you know. Mm-hmm. I I uh, over working on, and I generally um, have worked on more more than one piece at a time Mm -hmm. and um right now i'm not doing that but (laughs) you know when i when i had a better studio set up i could have a lot of stuff going at once and Mm -hmm. that's that's my ideal Mm -hmm. of working but um you know it's just getting blocking in and then and then as i work on stuff more ideas come about mm. what how I want it to look or what colors go where or, and I tend to my my work it, it takes me a long time to do a painting because I I tend to use um layers of color mm-hmm. and um a, and a lot of detail mm-hmm. and um I paint over stuff. If I don't like it, I'll I'll repaint it. I can't do that with the gouache so much as I can with the acrylic. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, things get changed around, and mm-hmm. yeah, so. I, I think that layering does so much for depth, don't you mm-hmm. think? With oh painting. yeah, oh yeah, and it, it really um, layer after layer gives uh, more richness to the textures too. Yeah, um, I was when I was doing watercolor hundred years ago. <laughs> when I was in art school, uh, we did. Uh, I had a teacher who taught us how to do layers with watercolor, like mm-hmm. really, really thin layers, and it ga- gave this atmospheric feel. That's oh yeah, really something yeah. yeah. It's it's subtle. Yeah, but when you when you see the the original pieces. It's uh, it can be mind blowing to yeah. me, you know. Yeah. It's just like so rich and yummy and yeah, yeah. So you have lots of different kinds of images. Um, I, I mean, this most recent one is with owls, but you have mermaids, you have bears. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how the wild has influenced you, because a lot of them are wild animals or creatures that are. Um, you know, in deep woods or deep, deep places where most people don't really go, or if they do, they go on a hike or something. But talk right. about those images that, and, and do they come in your dreams or do they just come through you? You feel like they're, like you said, you feel like you download them. But how how have you come across some of these? If you can give me an idea, um, in many different ways, and for me, the the deep. The deep woods is home. Mm-hmm. My, it's like my spirit home. Mm-hmm. And um, having lived in Point Reyes for so long was just like wonderful for me because I had so many animal encounters: mm-hmm. um, eagles, coyotes, mountain lions, bobcats, whales. Pelican, white, huge white pelicans. I've done a bunch of paintings of those, mm. um, and I've, I kind of, I've been able to call in animals, which mm. blows my mind. You know, I, mm-hmm. I went on a hike one time with a friend, and um, he was one of those people that's like, the hike is the march to the end. You know, right. you've got to get to the end. 
And I'm not like that. I just kind of like to enjoy everything as I go. So I, I, he went ahead and I, I went off the path and sat down on a rock. And this coyote came up to me and was like five feet from me. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the coyote, and he just stood there and looked at me, and, and then he went away, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I have stuff like that happen. Um, I did a painting um, called Barn Owl, which was a painting of this this barn owl on a persimmon branch at night with mm-hmm. these beautiful persimmons. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was inspired by... Um, a book that I read, I can't think of the title of the book now, but it was a story about a woman who had adopted this owl that had been, um, she was in research, Mm -hmm. and the owl had been injured and couldn't be released back in the wild, so it had to be taken care of, and so she lived with this owl for years, and it was a wonderful story, and um, I just loved it, And, and one of the poses of the owl in the pictures I used for that painting and I was working on that painting and um, I was living in Point Reyes and I went to take my dog out for a walk that night and we went down um, to the other end of Main Street and there's a big brick building there that's been boarded up for years and behind that building is a big palm tree and a street light and we were walking behind the building and there was like three barn owls mm. on the back of that building and they were like the the windows were empty in the back they had had it boarded up but the boards had been knocked out or whatever and the owls were in those windows and they were like flying back and forth mm. and mm. it was just amazing mm-hmm. you know and i go back i've been back there a million times and that's the only time i ever saw them there like that yeah isn't yeah. that amazing? And the number three is so significant. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's such yep. a, a a number of um, transformation and also kind of the backwards. You know, it's a, it's a heyoka. Heyoka is a word that in Lakota that describes those who bring in death and in joy. And so, makes both, me want to cry. The, the, yeah, those two things are linked. Uh, so, you know, seeing three barn owls, that's like really significant transformational moment probably in your life. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that people, you know, may have more animals around them that give them signals like that, but we don't pay attention to it. Right. And, and when you pay attention to it, it's all over the place. Like, exactly. I saw this gorgeous, you know, eagle that was circling it wasn't a red tail. It was it was right. bigger than a red tail that was yep. circling all the way up the highway today when I was driving up here. It's amazing, mm. you know. And and I was like, wow, that's a great sign. And you know, seeing uh, crows or you know crows or ravens or um, yep. the birds can really inform us as well as other creatures, as yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but you live in that world as I live in that world yeah. where you notice and pay attention yeah. to what's around you. Yeah, it's really important to. I, if you want that kind of connection, which I do, it's, it's what makes life rich to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have another great story. Um, when I had the bookstore and I had Manfred, one of my St. Bernard's, he got um, cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, this friend of mine came to me and she said, you know, I and her dog had 
had cancer too, a different kind. But she said, you know, I've been working with this woman. She's part Native American and she does healing and um, she could help you because I was going through all this chemo with him and it was horrible. And so um, I hooked up with her. Uh, her name was Star and um, she did a lot of work with him and really helped him. And then um, the vet that I was seeing wanted to put him on prednisone because she thought that, that the tumor was coming back. So we did that, and then he just kind of went downhill. But that last um, month that he was alive, we had planned this Native American type of ceremony on the beach, and we were going to bring both the dogs down and do drumming and do this whole ceremony that Star was going to orchestrate. Well, Samson, or not Samson, that's my dog now. Manfred was not able to go there, but I went, I went, and, and um, Pam had her dog there, and we, there was a few of us, and we were, we were doing this, um, this ceremony, and it was, it was like, I'm trying to think what, when it was, it was, um, like June, I think, mm-hmm. and we were down on Limitor Beach, mm-hmm. and in and we had this little fire going, and and we had, you know, done the smudging and that, the, and we were doing the drumming and stuff, and and Pam and Star were both people who had done this thing where they go and swim with the whales, mm-hmm. which was amazing. So while we're doing this, three whales come down the beach. It, you know, uh, right there, right, wow, right out there in the shallows, mm-hmm. practically, mm-hmm. and spouting, and we were just amazed, mm-hmm. and we we did the whole ceremony, and at the end of the ceremony, those three whales came back wow. across. Wow! Yeah, never seen anything like that yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 And see the the nature will will speak back to us mm-hmm. if we are treating it reverently. Oh, getting chills. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Well, it does. You I know. know. I've, I've had I experience know. similar to that, yeah. where something will show up in the middle of doing ritual. Um, I was in a native ceremony in South Dakota one time, and the medicine man had. Uh, uh, black-tailed deer medicine, which is very specific. It's not white-tailed deer, which is all right. over the Midwest. It's black-tailed deer. So here comes the medicine man. He's setting up his altar. They're singing a song in his honor. And here comes with traffic coming down two roads into the Sundance grounds, people coming in bumper to bumper. Oh, in the middle hill, over the hill ridge, comes a black-tailed deer, and he does figure-eight dances in the middle of the field with people coming down, like they're within 50 yards on either side of him. He does this dance, and the minute that he finishes the altar and the drums stop, the deer takes off and goes right up over the hill again. But all of us were just astounded. It did a figure-eight dance for the longest time. I mean, until he was done. Yeah. And it yeah. took him, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. And here's all these people <laughs> coming in. Yeah. Like 200 people there. Yeah. It was really astounding. I'll never yeah. forget it. But nature does speak to us. It does totally. speak to us. You know, if you're in a reverent place where you're honoring it and not, you know, as we 
we tend to do in Western culture, destroying it. So that's really interesting story. I, I love the whales. I so I've seen whales in your paintings. Yeah. And you did some paintings yeah. with whales showing up. Yeah. I had another weird thing with um, this painting that, that I did called Turtleback. That's this woman ri riding on the back of this big turtle that looks like a, you know, like one of those ones you see in the Galapagos or something. And, of course, it's set in Tomales Bay, and it looks like the Tomales Bay in the painting. And I was trying to finish it. I was going to hang it in, in the bookstore, um, and it was Thanksgiving time. And I wanted to get it finished because I was putting up a new show of work in there. And um, I was thinking, God, people are going to think I'm just really crazy painting this turtle in this area that we don't have those turtles. And I got the painting finished, and I hung it up. And the, the next week, um, in the Point Reyes Light, on the front page, they had an article about Thanksgiving Day. This sea turtle that we don't never get came up on uh, Shell Beach. Oh, my God. And this guy who works for Turtle Rescue just happened to be there <laughs> with his camera and photographed it. Oh, my God. And then they had this whole article about how we never get these turtles here and, you know, the water's too cold and they follow these, you know, um, what do they call it? Currents, you know, the currents, yeah. the currents uh, and, the, and the warm water and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the turtle's spirit kind of came to you. Yeah. Before, and then it was like informing you. Yeah, and I was like, you know, saying, why, this is kind of wacky, why am I doing this, you know, and it's like, okay, that's why I'm doing it, because yeah. they're, yeah. you know, they're out there, and they want to talk to us, and we need to talk to them. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm always amazed at people that, uh, you know, everybody has cats and dogs, and, you know, they know. They yeah. know so often, and, you yeah. know, what's going on, and, and what's important, and people just, like, they don't even see it. Right. You know? I totally get it. You know, when uh, last year, um, we had the 100th anniversary of Monterey Bay cleanup that had mm -hmm. started after the Cannery Row um, polluted the Cannery Row really polluted the whole Monterey Bay. And um, in the 100 years since then, we've cleaned up the bay quite a, quite a bit uh, in Santa Cruz area and Monterey. And, of course, the, the aquarium's there now. And last year, we had a record on the 100th anniversary. Now, why would this happen on the 100th anniversary? Record number of whale sightings. Blue whales, gray whales, every, every kind of species that's in the Pacific Mm -hmm. ocean came and it was like they were celebrating with us yeah and one whale kept for two weeks did all this dancing in this one particular area he would come in every day at a certain time and he would dance he would swim back and forth and and people lined up they were stopped on west cliff drive and, you know, and they were communing with it. And people yeah, got out and yeah. they were, like, talking to it. And I was like, oh, look, he's coming back and he's bringing friends today, you know. And it was, like, all <laughs> for two weeks we were celebrating this amazing whale yeah. that came in and had, was just having a ball. 
And you know that this year, that area, which is a very small, was a small beach, has now somehow the sand has created an entire beach that wasn't there before. Wow. And there are two beaches, actually, on West Cliff now that are created that weren't there before. But, you know, whether that's got anything to do with the whales or it's just the tides, right. but it, it certainly is like we're giving, getting back if we take care of nature. We get back so much. Yeah. And it takes care of us then. Yeah. You know, it really does take care of us, so... Well, I'm talking to Christine DeCamp, who's an artist and has lived in the Marin County, uh, West Marin area for many years, and uh, we're talking about her paintings, and we'll be right back. This is Robin White Turtle Lisney, and the show is Evolve. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, we're back. This is Robin White Turtle Listening. The show is Evolve, and I'm with Christine DeCamp, who is an artist who's lived in the Tomales Bay region of Marin County for many years. And uh, we're talking about her shamanic in imagery and her artwork, uh, the animals that have been influencing her, and also about nature and its synchronicity. So uh, I just love talking about this with you, Christine, because, of course, it's so dear to my heart, too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, my feeling is that unless we treat nature with the reverence it deserves we are going to lose, continue to lose more, that we need to come into harmony with nature. And, and I feel like your paintings really speak to that. They really speak to the harmony that we need to have in relation to the elements and the four directions and the four winds. And you want to speak yeah, to that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, I, yeah. I, to me, that, that would be um, an ideal way of life and we've gone we've gotten so far from that mm -hmm. um it just it hurts my heart you know when i think about it but um and i think of, of all the native american people that lived here um you know for so many years and there you know there's a lot of perception that that the country was pretty empty when when the settlers came here and that's not true at all yeah that, that, that civilizations were here. there were huge civilizations flourishing and not um and living within nature mm -hmm. and in, in a you know in a way that was um not only sustainable but uh you know making everything flourish mm -hmm. you know and i think about um like where i grew up even though we were in the national forest there was a time when they had come in and just clear cut and um what it was white pine trees at mm -hmm. that point and then you know then they stopped cutting because they'd cut everything down pretty much and then a lot of what grew back was um this black cherry which is very um expensive you know it's like really and so you know it's funny because 
they went through this thing where lumbering was was a huge thing and then it wasn't so huge and and then it became huge again and when I went back there um after college they were clear cutting again mm. you know they were and it was you know and that, that's a big uh oil area up there my mm. grandfather was in the oil business and um and they pretty much got out the oil there so now they're fracking there and mm. and it just um breaks my heart to think about that because you know it's just putting more poison into the earth mm-hmm. so you know i don't know what the answer is because that that area is is um is pretty uh economically low mm-hmm. so people are struggling to survive and you know that's what's how we do it here in america <laughs> And I do, you know, it's like if we could just, you know, get back to that that uh more more thing about nature, you know, connecting with nature, but I I fear sometimes with we've become so technological that we're getting more and more away from it instead of closer to it. Well, and we need to somehow marry technology with conservation because uh, you know we part of the, the main issue is there are too many people we have so many we're so overpopulated yep. with humans and that is part, that is a big problem yeah uh, because uh, yes it's nice to have a child here and there but um you know people are having larger families and they i remember zero population growth was a big deal when i was uh, in my 20s and 30s mm-hmm. and um most most everyone I know has two to three children now. And if that's the way it's going to be, then we have more children than uh, that, that is going to replace this generation. And that's a problem. <laughs> it's a big problem. We have more kids living longer. Um, and yeah. people are reproducing at a rate that's not just replacing them, but replacing plus. So we have to really look at population growth, I think. Nobody talks about that. That's like a taboo subject. I know, but it's really an important one. I mean, you know, the Chinese didn't get, quite get it right either with a one-child policy. That didn't necessarily work because we have all their girls. You know, we've adopted <laughs> all the girls. So right. we have the girl population here, which I think is adoption is a possibility. But there's so much... Uh, there's so much creativity that we need to begin to look at that I, I think creativity is a huge is a huge way that we can come into a new philosophy around um, marrying technology and conservation in a way that I think is really really necessary. Kind of moving back into your work because I want to talk I want to keep the focus on your work. Um, you have a Saint Bernard. I do. And this is your fifth, is My right? fifth St. Bernard. So Samson, how has he influenced your artwork? Because I know that he shows up in your paintings every once in a while. Well, I've done paintings of um, almost all my... Well, they've been in my work always. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I did a painting with my first one, but uh, with the other ones, I there was always one sneaking in here and there. <laughs> um, Samson hasn't been in a painting yet. That does mm-hmm. I haven't had him that long. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just, I always wanted, uh, well, I, you know, I'm a 
animal person anyway, but I always wanted a St. Bernard when I was a little kid. And uh, my dad used to tell me stories about when he was in law school in Philadelphia and he lived with this family that had a St. Bernard and mm -hmm. he would walk the dog. And he told me about this dog and I had never seen one. And then um, I saw one when we were on vacation one time and I was like, wow, that's a really cool dog. You know? <laughs> and I just, I just wanted one and I... I was uh, had just gotten out of college and um, I didn't ha I didn't have any money really and I didn't have a car even <laughs> or a job and I got this puppy and brought him home to, you know I was living with my parents at that point and and my parents just thought I was nuts they <laughs> said what are you gonna do with this dog it's gonna get gigantic and you don't have a job and you don't have you know you're gonna have to find places to live and on and on and on and you know I had that dog for 12 years <laughs> and he was my best buddy mm. and he actually lived longer than any of my other dogs mm. but um I don't know I have this obsession about St. Bernard's and and uh people think I'm pretty crazy but I don't know <laughs> you know and I always I laugh I always say well you know I really wanted a bear but they won't let you have one of those <laughs> so um yeah I probably would have a bear if I could you know like those people that train the grizzly bears yeah I could have a big grizzly bear I would love that <laughs> I don't know I'm not sure what it is but they're just um they're very sweet animals, mm -hmm. and they are human size, and mm -hmm. and they just uh, I don't know. That's my my teacher tomorrow that I talked about. She said that he was my familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and this dog that I have now, I I'm sure is the reincarnation of my last dog. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Because he's so much like him, and I even kept calling him. Joey's name by mistake, you mm, know, because mm. he was so much like Joey. And when Joey died, I, I had, uh, it was like a dream. Well, I wasn't asleep, but I had this image of um, him and uh, of this mountain lion come coming down the path that I used to walk with him in Inverness, and. Um, you know, I, I asked him to come back, and I think he did. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think do I think pets do that. They do come back. Yeah. If they want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they want yeah. to. I mean, it's their, yeah. their free will, too. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what inspires you today? What are you... Uh, you have a website, don't you? What is your I website? do. It's christinedecamp.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what are, what are you finding are your major inspirations at this stage of your work? And that's a good question. Um, I I think just you know continuing with the deepening of the spirit connection and seeing what comes in, you know mm -hmm. what comes in without me manipulating it, mm -hmm. um, and also uh, the tarot deck that I did well it's, it's really an oracle deck right but um a, that has been deck. was a really interesting thing for me to do because um I used paintings that I already had to create the cards and um 
and created text to go with the images. And by going through that process with paintings that I already had, it sort of changed uh, the way I looked at the images. Mm-hmm. And um, it was almost like um, writing a book, you know, where you would uh, you would discover what the story was that mm-hmm. went with that image, mm-hmm. you know. And that was really, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm not done with that. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to develop that in another way, maybe um, by creating a book, which mm-hmm. is something I've talked about for a long time. Um, so I'm not sure. I, you know, at this point, I, this year has been kind of rough for me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't working a lot with my art and I'm finally painting again so um I'm just really um really wanting to focus on just getting in the studio and working mm-hmm. so that sounds great yeah yeah well we're going to take a little break and come back I'm with Christine DeCamp you can find more of her work at christinedecamp.com uh this is Robin White Turtle Listening and the show is Evolved This next track is Claudia Vieira, and this is Entre Nos. is Robin White Turtle listening. The show has evolved and my guest today is Christine DeCamp who is an artist who's lived in the Tomales Bay region of Marin County for a number of years and her imagery is very shamanic and so we've been talking about that and uh, tell me are you, are you having any shows coming up or do you have your work in any specific spot? Um, I have work up in a place called Venus and Virgo in San Anselmo, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's been uh, showing my work for, I don't know, three or four years now, Uh and he shows my paintings, and he has cards and magnets, and he has the card deck, Uh and sometimes he does uh, little events there, and I go down and and, um, help him, and, and am there for the event. So that's been a really nice, um, you know, a really nice collaboration with him. Mm-hmm. I, his name is Gregory Costanza, and he's uh, he has a great, uh, it's not really a gallery, it's more of a shop and gallery, and he has a, a lot of uh, artwork, and he has furniture and jewelry and, and uh, like, um, what do I want to say, beauty stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, different kinds of makeup and stuff like that. Oh. And he he's, uh, 
has a really beautiful space down mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Um, right in San Anselmo. Oh, great, great. Yeah. And you've done shows like out at um, in Point Reyes at different venues and things. Uh, are you going to be doing any holiday shows that you know of coming I up? I don't know. I was mm-hmm. Somebody just uh, said, oh, you should do the... Um, Dance Palace Craft Fair. I haven't done it for a year, for a couple of years, um, at, at Christmas time, and mm-hmm. maybe I will do something like that. But I'm not. I don't have anything lined up right now, mm-hmm. and uh, things have been so kind of crazy for me that yeah. I'm just kind of trying to get settled and yeah. And uh, but get you, going. they can find you online, right? Yes. Christinedecamp.com. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Great. So. Anything else that you want to talk about today, Christine? Because we've gone over, you know, one of the things I, I kind of wanted to talk about is a little more about the owl imagery. Um, we were talking before we started the interview about owls in Native mm-hmm. American traditions and how in different places, like in Hawaii, owls are like eagles. And in other places, owls, uh, like in the central part of the United States, owls are kind of an omen of death. Um, but then they can also be a medicine. So a medicine is something that if you take a little bit of it, you know, it can actually, it, it enhances you and supports you. So um, you want to talk a little bit about that because the, the imagery in this piece is so strong and um, it gives, you know, has this woman with feathers on her shoulders. She looks like she could be a Native woman that has shells uh in the front of her uh, dress and there's an owl two owls that are flying and she has an owl mask it's like she's doing a dance yeah yeah so can you talk a little bit about the owl imagery for you and how does that fit into your work at this stage with all the transformation that's been going on for you in your life um owl for me is is uh very much protection and magic and I feel really close to that whole Native American type of thing. And um, where you would, you know, I see her as d- doing some kind of a dance. Like my my image of her was like she would be dancing and spinning. And, and she has a drum in one of her hands. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that. You don't see her whole, you know, it's just her from like the chest up. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, I'll, and, you know, it's the barn owl in particular for me, although I've painted other owls, Mm -hmm. and, um, and the idea about the, the death thing about owl, I don't know, that's never, I mean, it has come up for me in my life, but it hasn't, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's more of a transformation. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm fair, I, fairly comfortable with the idea of death because um, when I was quite young, I almost died and I had mm-hmm. an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And that really made me see that it's, you know, it's, not there's nothing to fear there really mm-hmm. you know we're we're going to go on to the next thing whatever that is and so i you know i think that has um made me not have that that death fear like a lot of people have right. um a lots of grief for loss of other people and and animals in my life but um i don't 
I don't feel like I fear death myself. Right. I think once you have a near-death experience, it's kind of, you realize that death is a gateway to another... Yes. Uh, to the Actually, to kind of a home place where we go back to that. And um, I don't... I don't... I have had that as well, near-death experiences, where I, I don't fear death anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I certainly want to live as long as I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also... A relish um, the transformation as part of what we need to do and how we need to move in our in our lives. So transformation can be a real amazing tool, and I think owl medicine gives us that ability to transform. It helps us to recognize that we do go through gateways. Yeah, you know that we have periods in our life that that come to a close, and when they come to a close, then we need to move to the next stage. And right. And, Sometimes we're in a transitional stage, and t- sometimes we're, you know, not. Sometimes we're in a, a larger uh, place of transformation that will move us um, into new work or move us into, you know, new relationships. I mean, it can it can do all kinds of things. But uh, I I see owl medicine in the same way you do that it's a transformative yeah. power that yeah. we we can call on when we're needing to make a, a resurrection in our lives or transformation. That's great. Well, and you were s- saying something about the wild, and, and I, you know, I, it made me think about um, when I was living in that last place and I was right across from the wetlands, and um, I would hear the coyotes at night just going crazy, like they had chased something down and got it or something. And it just makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It's yeah. like this, I've never heard anything so wild sounding, yes. you know. I mean, even wolves don't have that. There's something about that coyote pack that was just like, oh, my God, it was thrilling. You know, I want, I like wanted to go over there and see them, but I didn't want to go over there and see them either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, um, when you have that... When you see that, um, and we we so rarely see that, you know that the animals truly in the wild, how they they celebrate their lives so beautiful, well, beautifully. I can't talk, and um, you know they don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. They are just so in the moment, in themselves. And uh, it's 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 such a lesson for us, yes. you know, because yeah. we are so involved in all this stuff that really doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And it, it's just uh, I don't know if you know. I think we, you know, if we could get back to that essence of the wildness, mm-hmm. it's it's such a precious thing, and mm-hmm. and it's. It's what makes this world so amazing, I think. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I feel like, you know, one of the richest things about um, the wild is that it informs us, that Mm -hmm. somehow it writes us. Like, you can go into a forest or sit by the ocean, and you feel aligned again. You feel connected. You feel like, oh, now I feel like myself. And it, it, it happens every single time with everybody I know. That the minute you go into the wild, unless you're really, really disconnected from nature, and then it will feel strange or dangerous. But 
for the most part, people that love nature and feel feel more aligned with it uh, get that feeling from being yeah. in the wild. And yeah. uh, I think we, I think I agree totally that we need to return to honoring it in our lives as part of our lives, because we all have an animal nature. Yeah, and that animal nature is a really important part of uh, who we are as people. And if we eliminate the wild, we are definitely eliminating something of ourselves yeah. that will be lost in a way that we we can't access it unless it's through other creatures. It can't be accessed just through human humankind. I don't. No, believe. I don't think so. We've gotten too far away from it in yeah. the way that we live. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I just love your artwork. I'm so delighted to have you on the show, and you can. Anyone listening can see more of Christine's work on christinedecamp.com on her website. And uh, I'm going to have a few images uh, hopefully uploaded on this uh, uh, show so that you'll be able to see them also on the Evolve website uh, with under Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E, Soul Vox, and Blog Talk Radio. So, Christine, thank you for talking to us today. Thanks for having me. It's just been a pleasure. Yeah, it's so delightful. Uh, thanks so much. The show is Evolve, and this is Robin White Turtle Listening, your host. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carasella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.